Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shlach. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Shlach contains three mitzvos, two positive and one restriction. The two positive are the mitzvah of Chala, please God, which we'll talk about, as well as Tzitzis, which contains both a positive to wear Tzitzis and the negative, the restriction of losasuru to keep yourself focused and not to stray from off the path of Hashem. Now, there's no question about it. Parsha Shlach is one of those parshios that doesn't get easier from year to year. The obvious question is, how can it happen? After all, the Torah is not a, quote, storybook. So first of all, you have to ask yourself, why is this part of our Constitution? But second of all, once the Torah is sharing this narrative with us, how do you explain it? This is the people who were slaves in Egypt. They knew they were slaves, and now they're free. But they didn't just become free. They had an incredible education through the ten plagues, which only affected the Egyptians, and not then. And then, seven days later, after they leave Egypt, there's the miraculous splitting of the Red Sea. On the way to Sinai to receive the Torah, they're attacked by Amalek. They didn't have an army, and they defeat Amalek. They come to Sinai, and they experience revelation of the highest order, namely, they know that God is speaking to each of them, and the way the rabbis understand it, each person understood the Ten Commandments differently, each in accordance with their intellectual ability. They knew that they heard the first two of the Ten Commandments straight from Hashem. Ironically, what's the second commandment after the first, that there is a God and the belief in Hashem, not to believe in any other God? And what do they do? Forty days later, they make an Egel. Okay? Not okay. And now, oh my goodness, look what's happening. They come to Moshe and they say, let us send spies and we know the rest. Ten come back and say, we can't do it. Ki mimenu, the people in Canaan are even stronger than, I can't even say the words, it's going to hurt your ears, stronger than God himself. And it's only Yoshua and Kolev that say, no, we can, etc. And ultimately we know, come on, that Yom Lashana, Yom Lashana, for every day that the spies were away, and we have to be so grateful that the spies had this Kfitzas Haderach, that they were only away for 40 days, punished the rest of the Jewish people 40 years. Interestingly, and by the way, the women were not included in this punishment, and even the Kleyoka goes so far as to say that Moshe made a mistake had he sent women. This never would have happened. They have a stronger faith and, and a tie and support to the land of Israel. 
Okay, it's not okay. How do you explain it? We'll try to offer some explanation in a few moments. But right after the Cheto Egel, so amazing. You'll take a look right before Hamishi, the beginning of chapter 15, you have the command regarding Nisachim, which means Hashem says, you are coming to Eretz Yisrael. And when you come into Eretz Yisrael, you're not only going to have your basic necessities, you're even going to have luxury. I'm telling you there's a command accompanying your korbanos, accompanying the offerings, there is to be a libation, a pouring of wine. Wow. Okay, now comes the first of the mitzvos in Parsha Shlach, Shishi, and what do you have? The mitzvah of Chalo. Now let's first understand what Chalo is. Not to be confused with that which we, please God, will eat tonight and tomorrow and is sold in the Jewish bakeries and many Jewish women have the privilege of making it at home. Yes, the special bread that we eat on Shabbos and Yom Tovim called challah. The origin, as you see in the Torah, challah is literally the portion that the one who bakes bread, which grew the wheat, the five grains from which bread is made, wheat, barley, rye, uh, rye, oats, and spilt. The bread that's made from that uh, wheat, from that grain, any one of those five grains, if there's a minimum of approximately five pounds, then there's a an obligation to take off a part a truma, uplifting, a gift, which is literally to God, given to the Cohen family. There's an obligation for challah, even for less than five pounds, but less than five pounds, we do not recite a bracha. So basically, what is challah? That when you bake your bread, you are to take off a piece and give it to God via the Kohanim. What's going on here? Rashi on the spot in verse 18, chapter 15, verse 18, the Torah says, Tabero b'nei Yisrael Hashem says to Moshe, and say to them, when you come to the land, and then comes the mitzvah of Chalo. Now watch, Rashi says in the name of the rabbis, a very important principle, and that is as follows. Mishuna biyazu miko bios shebetorah. This law, which is couched in when you come to the land, is different from many, many other agricultural laws, which also are dependent on your coming to the land. Let's take, for example, the mitzvah of bikurim, of the first fruits, of those uh, seven species which grow in the land of Israel. They are to be brought to the Beis HaMikdash. There is a recitation that accompanies it, thanking Hashem for the produce. If you take a peek at the beginning of Parshas Kisavo, towards the end of Devarim, the 
Pasuk begins, So I might think that this law of first fruits goes into it. No, it doesn't go into effect immediately. It doesn't go into effect until after, as Rashi says, Kifshu until after seven years of conquering the land, seven years of dividing the land, first in year 15. And so too, the laws of uh, Truma, the, the laws of Maaser, the laws of uh, Shemitah, the laws of Yovel, first go into effect in year 15. The only exception is Truma. As soon as you, excuse me, Chala, as soon as you come into the land, the mitzvah of Chala, that which is given from the bed, bread that you bake, that is applicable immediately. Why? Comes along the Tolna Rebbe, Shlita, in his Sefer, called Hemo Yenachamuni, and gives what I believe is a very insightful, meaningful answer to this question. He says, let's take a look. The Jewish people were coming from an environment that was in total lamala min hateva. In total, it was supernatural. As the Torah says, simloscha loboscha meolecha. The clothing that you had, not only did it not wear out, it grew with you. You didn't have to worry about getting larger shoes, sandals for your children. The, gro- the shoes and sandals grew with them. The Anane HaKavod, the clouds of glory, actually ironed the clothing for them at night. So they had crisp, fresh garments to wear in the morning. This was literally a five-star hotel that you put it out your door at nighttime and you got it back first thing in the morning. The bread came down from heaven. Their water accompanied them in the air of Miriam. So these millions of persons were spoiled in the desert whereby they saw the hand of God in their every facet of life. And now we're coming into the land of Israel. And now you're going to have to plant. And now you're going to have to harvest. And now you're going to have to. In fact, the Talmud tells us there are no less than 10 different activities that you have to do from beginning to end until you finally get your uh, dough, until you're ready to put it into the oven. Parenthetically, that's the reason for the custom that some have of holding on to the challah tonight with two hands, either on top of the cover, on the challah itself, you know, as you make the bracha of Hamutzi Lech Mina Oretz, reminding us of these ten steps that were necessary, or ten activities, till we got to the actual challah, what we call challah. Now watch. What's going to happen? Meaning that while in the desert it was clear, it all came from Him, Hashem, capital H. Now all of a sudden, wait a minute, I am planting, I am winnowing, I am harvesting, I, I, I. And so farmer I could very well, after a while, fall into the trap of kochi, 
ve'otsem yodi osaliyas achayelazeh. Hey, I'm the success. I'm I'm the successful farmer. In order to negate this terrible kind of quote ownership over the bread of the land, the Torah says ve'haya and it shall be right. Bivoachem el ha'aretz. The word v'hoya doesn't appear. I just threw it in. Say to them, says Hashem to Moshe, when you come to the land immediately, then v'hoya ba'chochem lechem ha'aretz. As soon as you eat from the bread of the land, torimu truma l'ashem. You are to literally lift up a portion to God, meaning you are to remind yourself that this didn't come about just because I am a good farmer and I know how to irrigate and I know and I know. No, this is coming about. So that which they saw clearly in the mun, now they're seeing it clearly by taking and designating challah and by sending it to Mr. Cohen down the block. They are doing two things. They're recognizing there's God in the in the bread that I'm making, just as there was God in the bread that I ate in the desert, called man, I saw God there, and I see God here now. And secondly, once I separate the challah from this dough, I am infusing the dough with additional sanctity. And so, really what's happening is, as the Talmud tells us so beautifully in Shabbos 31a at the bottom, the Pasuk in Yeshaya, 30, Isaiah 33, Pasuk 6, whereby the rabbis are able to find in the verse, the six adjectives found in the verse, refers, say, our rabbis to the six orders of Mishnayis. And the first one is Emunas, which they say is Royim, agriculture. And interesting, Rashi and Tosvos give a different reason. Rashi says, because it is so called, because we need to trust the farmer in terms of his honesty in giving the trumos and the maestros. And Tospo says, no, it's called emunas, trust agriculture, because the farmer sows his uh, seeds, places his trust and his faith in Hashem, that he knows Hashem is going to provide all that is necessary for his crops to grow. And so, how could the Maraglim do this? Many Hasidish Rabbeim say the Maraglim didn't want, the spies didn't want to leave the cocoon. They didn't want to leave the environment of spirituality. And so they made up this kind of a billable, we can't do it, it's too much for us, because they didn't want a world of the everyday. They wanted to stay where they were. And the Torah is teaching us a very powerful lesson. The role of the Jew, as the Kutzka Rebbe says, is Anshe Kodesh Tiyunli. You are to be Anshe. You are to be people of holiness. First and foremost, 
in this real world. And we ought to be Makadish the world. We ought to uplift the world. We ought to infuse the world with sanctity, with Kedusha. And this, my friends, is the significance of the mitzvah of Chala. May our wives, mothers, be privileged to continue in this mitzvah, honoring us, uplifting us and all our families in good health for many years to come. Shabbat Shalom to all.